On this episode of Midnight Double Feature, it's a trailer extravaganza because Hollywood decided to drop a trailer for pretty much fucking everything. I'm talking Toy Story 4, Dumbo, Detective Pikachu, Fighting With My Family, Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle, The Lego Movie 2, Once Upon a Deadpool, Aquaman Got Its Final Trailer, and Leprechaun Returns. Also, Star Wars Rogue One and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory are both getting prequels, but Breaking Bad is getting a sequel. And if that's not enough, those motherfuckers are rebooting Shrek. Also, to top it all off, Zoheb's spoiler-filled reviews for Crimes of Grindelwald and A Girl in the Spider's Web. All this and more on this upcoming Attractions episode of Midnight Double Feature. Bro, how we doing? Mate, Matthew, that was oh, a fucking hot-ass sorry, intro. Sorry, 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 bro, sorry, sorry. Just look, look. Uh, I like you and I'm going to let you finish. But first, I gotta congratulate you on Tough Matter, bro. Congrats! <laughs> Thanks, man. Holy shit! I, I, I literally—that was four days ago, and um, I, I'm still hurting in places, man. Like, I was, uh, I was yeah, saying on the Super Bad podcast because it was literally like the day after, and um, <laughs> I was just like to Colin, dude, I am dead. I, I was like a, a deceased, like a victim, like just like a. A, 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 a hospital <laughs> patient, like it was fucked up. Fuck. Dude. Is 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 tough mutter an Australian thing? Did, did no, we our American lessons listeners yeah, know what that is? They they should. It, it is uh, it is international, so it's not just Australia. Um, but uh, yeah, like like it, it 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 is definitely global for sure. Yeah. So for those who don't know, it's like a crazy ass obstacle course in the mud. It's it's like you're being tough in the mud, duh. Right? Right? Am I funny? Right. Did I make a joke? Right. Did I make yeah. it funny? Yeah, that was alright. But yeah, it's it's 17Ks, um, and it, it was in this, this course here in Sydney, it was like in a valley, so basically, like, the main obstacles were pretty much in the middle, uh, and like, the, a lot of the obstacle, like, the, a lot of the course was in the middle, but like, you'd be going up the mountainside, man, those fucking hills just fucking killed me. Damn. I was Dying, dude. <laughs> well, well, congrats, um, man. I, thanks, I guarantee man. you lost weight that day. Thanks, <laughs> man. I'm looking at my headband right now. It's just like a badge of glory. Like, the, they give you a headband, so. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, this is going to be one of our most action-packed upcoming attraction episodes in a while. I can't believe how many trailers dropped this, dude, this last week. Dude, it was like- it was like Hollywood just got together in one room and they're like, let's let's relate a fuckload of trailers. <laughs> yeah, right? And a lot of them are like- Pretty, Good trailers. Like, none of these ones that we've mentioned, I've looked at and said, that's going to be complete garbage. Um, and none of them have made me- And all of them are interesting, I think, worth talking about. Uh, okay, most of them. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, I want to jump straight into it. Before we do that, uh, for any new listeners who don't know what the fuck's going on, uh, this is Midnight Double Feature. We do two episodes a week, usually. These upcoming attraction episodes- when we talk about the latest news and we also review um, films that are currently out. Just little quick ones to chat about. It's us two kicking back, having some fun. Uh, and then, on, then we also do the feature presentations, which are long, in-depth episodes um, with some of the rest of the team as well. We, d- uh, we just did uh, Superbad. Just that, that's, that came out yesterday, day before, something like that. Um, check it out if you're keen. Um, and you can find us on social media literally everywhere. 
Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, Instagram. Instagram's a big one. We love that shit and we love you too. And if you love us and you want to hang out with us, we have a Facebook community group called The After Party where we post all our memes and stuff. And uh, ever since I've been on the Facebook account, I've been fucking up a lot and uh, posting <laughs> as Midnight Double Feature instead of myself. So I apologize. Uh, if you see any comments in there that just look a little bit too excited or, or opinionated, yeah. it's probably me. Fucking Matt's, shit up. Matt's, Matt's 80 years old, guys. He yeah. doesn't really know how to use technology. What? What? Why should Google? Can I- can, How do I Google my iPhone? What is a Google? <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, Google. That's uh, that's that's like a, that's like a. Is that like the? Is that like the electronic letter that I? Sounds sounds like the name of a dildo. Oh, I mm. don't, I don't know. Zab, <laughs> you can you can Google me anytime. Oh, oh, hey, uh, hey. Anyways, um, let's. <laughs> we're having a lot of fun here. Let's ruin that with some sad news. Um, uh, with our first piece of news today. <laughs> Just start off strong. I love it. <laughs> Um, shout outs and rest in peace to William Goldman, um, a writer with a big legacy that he leaves behind and much, much love and respect. Um, yeah. That was, that was pretty, it's pretty influential, man. I mean, he wrote The Princess Bride, All the President's Men, uh, Butch fucking Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, like that, that alone, um, Maverick, um, he, he wrote, uh, he wrote the novel for Heat that Heat was based on. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was, yeah, he was a worker. He was Rest a worker in peace. Um, right after the very sad passing of Stanley, which I'm still getting my grips over, but um, show must move on. And speaking of Stanley, vague, very vague segue into superheroes. Um, Birds of Prey. It's got its full title. Um, yeah, that's a really forced segue. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, Harley Quinn's not, new movie. It's not, even, it's not even Stan Lee's, like, uh, It's not even like his character. Domain. It's like, oh, vaguely superheroes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, um, but yeah, if, if I can remember the top of my head, it's it's something fucking stupid. It's um, yeah, Birds of Prey. It? I think it's, correct me if I'm wrong, it's Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Close. Uh, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous in- Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. First so, question, is Fantabulous a word? <laughs> no. Uh, it's, it's Harley Quinn being Harley Quinn. Um, basically, Warner Brothers and Margot Robbie released a photo of the script, uh, front page script, and basically it just says Birds of Prey and it's like scribbled. And the Fantabulous in Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. And so, it's got her like little lipstick kiss on yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. I don't, like it doesn't tell us much, but emancipation. Uh, I think it kind of got something to do with like the, like freeing her from the Joker. But I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. So when I first okay, well, something else this came out with was correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe they said it, when they released this, they also announced it's going to be R rated. They're going for an R rating. Yeah. Um, and I went through a roller coaster of emotions based on this very small piece of information because first I was like. This is fucking terrible. I hate this. This is garbage. They're just taking every little- Because you hear that name and it's like, okay, they're being weird, crazy, ludicrous for the sake of it. Just like they did like halfway through the production of Suicide Squad. We're like, okay, let's just try and be um, like a trashy, hot topic version of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and it feels- so- And you hear R rating and that's thrown around a lot these days as just like studios trying to 
I don't know, are they trying to be Deadpool or something? Like, and I just hear that and it just feels so forced. But then I sort of did what you, you just did there is I looked at the word emancipation. I think of story, the, the storyline potential of freeing her from the Joker and the limitless potential of those really great arcs and the themes they can tap into. And I'm like, okay, we got someone to work with here because- one of the problem, one of the things that make that character so interesting is her relationship with the Joker. And since they had to heavily cut that down in Suicide Squad, we never got the film we wanted. Um, and now I think we finally have a chance for that. But now the fact that she's not in such a big group, there's so much more potential for them to do character work now. And it's got me a little excited. And the fact you're doing an art means you can, you can, you don't have to shy away from the the taboo topics of like abuse and um, like abusive relationships and stuff like that. And this also potentially hints at the idea of them bringing back Jared Leto and trying to do justice with that, because I know I'm in the minority here, but I saw so much potential in, in his interpretation and I, I liked where it was going, but we just didn't get enough to, to give it what it needed. Um, and so I'm kind of stoked on this, man. What what are your thoughts? Um yeah, I'm I'm a bit 50/50 on it. Um I would like to see where I'd like to see what DC do next with Aquaman first before we kind of judge their next movies because their track record is not great. And yeah. um <clears throat> like especially with ensemble movies like this. Like Wonder Woman was great because it kind of focused on Wonder Woman, the relationship with between Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor. Um <clears throat> But uh, I do like the cast of this. Uh, Margot Robbie's obviously amazing. Um, she's she definitely out of all the terrible things in Suicide Squad, she was definitely the best part of that movie. Like I loved her in that movie. I think everyone um, would agree with yeah, you. Yeah, it's very uh, that universal. mixed with the amazing costume design, especially yeah. with her, because like, yeah. they they reinvented her design from the ground up. Yeah, and it's so iconic now. And um, I love I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and she's in this as well. So yeah, um, really keen to see her as well. And and Ewan McGregor is fucking black mask. Like, come on. Oh yeah, I keep no 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 no. He's that in Suicide Squad too, isn't he? Or is he uh, no, break? he's no, he's that in this. Ah, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> see now that deters. Like, I want Joker to be the villain for this. Uh, like, you know, yeah, how are they I'm, gonna? I'm good, man. Uh, how like, are they I gonna work? Know. You know what? It's too early to judge, but. That was one of the issues, Suicide Squad. I, I don't know. It depends. Maybe maybe they're going to do what they did with Arkham Origins, where hmm. you think you're fighting Black Mask, but it ends up being the Joker wearing Black Mask's mask or something. Yeah. Oh, imagine uh, if they did that. Like, would I be down for that? Yeah, I think I would. It'd have to be like a good <laughs> twist, though. Um, yeah. So, yeah, with this, with this man as well, like, the other, the big missed opportunity here, which kind of gets me sad a little bit, is- um. Harley Quinn is starting to become, like, the most popular female superhero character, if she isn't already. Probably more than Wonder Woman. And it's unfortunate that, like, you know, in this world where, like, we're looking for stronger female role models, which Harley Quinn will never be, but it would have been great she if it was could Pete- could be. DC have an opportunity here. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, good point. If they, if they have it with a good moral story of her overcoming this sort of stuff, which is hopefully what they're going for- there could be, but the fact that it's art means it's not going to be shown to, like, little kids and stuff, which is, like, as an adult and ma- as a male adult, I don't- Like, I'm fine with that, but there does seem like a missed market opportunity going on. Um, but maybe that's what they plan on doing with Suicide Squad too. Like, 
They clearly want to double down on Margaret Robbie as this character and have her in two franchises. Um, just basically what's going on. And that's as crazy as that does sound, like, I'm down for it. Because she's the one going to be doing the hard work. I'm happy to watch it all. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, she's, she's, she's incredibly talented as well. Yeah, man. Um, interested to see where it goes. I just want to mention, though, you, you sort of said- one thing I want to caution you on is I'd say don't use Aquaman as indicator for quality for any other DC films. Because what I've noticed with DC films, in my opinion, is they have no quality control. They, they, <laughs> they give a project. And I think that's a good thing about making it DC Worlds other than DC Universe. Because they just give a, a, a title or a franchise, whatever, to a director. And it seems, to, from what I'm seeing now- is they just go, do whatever the fuck you want with it. Just make it good. They did it with Zack Snyder, and he doubled down in Zack Snyder-ness. Um, they gave it to- um, Sorry, who did Wonder Woman? Um, her name is- Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins, yeah. And she, yeah, she owned that. Like, that's, that was clearly a very character-driven story um, that had her voice attached to it. And you look at Shazam, and you look at Aquaman, and those are completely different- They're almost different genres, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, but I mean, I'm sure like once once we see like the entire movie, like like they'll they they have to fit into a universe like they have to. have No, a tone. no, they don't like they, they even look like does Batman v Superman look anything like Shazam? It doesn't. There's no. And if and the biggest one actually is this new Joker standalone film. From what I'm oh, seeing that- from that, it doesn't even have the same visual st- It has a completely different visual language to everything else. Wait, that's not part of this, is it? That's it's not, not like there is like DC worlds from my understanding is it's just what they're calling DC films from now on. Like they're not connected. It's not like they're building towards just like they're doing. Yeah. They're not doing what no, DC no. does. Uh, they're not doing what Marvel does anymore. That's um, not going to do them any favors. I don't know. Well, you know what? Like. No, because or, but already they've had the same problem where these films do not have the same language. Well, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman sort of did. And you could tell Justice League was starting to do that, but it was all under the vision of Zack Snyder, which had trouble connecting with audiences for a myriad of issues. <laughs> um, and that's why you can tell they sort of changed halfway through with Joss Whedon. They, 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 you can tell some scenes are like shot to be that way, but they, they've, they've tried to make it lighter. And same with Suicide Squad. Um, you look at some of those opening scenes, and you remember that very first trailer, it's dark as fuck, but they put happy- Top forty music in the background to try and distract you from that. Hey, um, Bohemian Rhapsody is not too top forty music. Uh, it's a number one <laughs> single. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, and their ver- uh, on their soundtrack, it was not even the full real one. It was like, covered by Panic at the Disco. Yeah, it was Panic at the Disco. Yeah, Colin loves that that um, that cover. It was good. Hey, man, that guy's a great vocalist, man. He's- oh yeah, for sure. If anyone does it justice, it's going to be Panic at the Disco. Yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely. But yeah, man. Anyways, we spent way too long this topic. <laughs> we, we did. We went like this was this was classed as our headline article, which means like we were just kind of gonna <laughs> just breeze through it. <laughs> man. Well, the funny thing is, is this next one I think is also worth talking about a bit of in depth conversation. Um, Daredevil season four has been pitched by showrunner Eric Olson to Netflix. Um, lay us the information a bit on that, man. Yeah, well, I mean, there's not that much info. Basically, uh, Eric Olsen, who is the current showrunner of Daredevil, um, <clears throat> you know, previously was Drew Goddard, uh, he tweeted that he 
pitched a story to uh, Netflix for season four, and I I thought it was worth talking about. Um, initially, like <laughs> you initially didn't really want to talk about it because it wasn't really that big. But I I I'm coming at it from the angle of like Netflix are cancelling Iron Fist and Luke Cage, and Disney have this streaming service coming out. So. It, I find it pretty interesting that Daredevil is, uh, sorry, the Daredevil showrunner is pitching a an, an additional season to Netflix. Like, yeah, it, it's so, kind of like an indication that Daredevil's not going anywhere, which is awesome. Like, I, I don't really- Oh, and season uh, three is the best Marvel Netflix yeah. season to date. It's fucking incredible, um, hands down. But, so yeah, immediately I thought, okay, there's not much here. But then I did a little bit of digging and I was like, hang on, there's so much- it brings up so many more questions for me. And you know me, man. I love the behind the scenes bullshit. Like that stuff. That's what gets my dick hard. Those conversations, man. Because cause I think, okay. He's sitting there full sale right now. I love. I, yeah, man. Like I've got a flag attached to everything. I'm, I'm blowing some air. And it's, um, man, because like there's so much speculation and theories like what the fuck's going on? It seems weird they would cancel. Like- Iron Fist, fair enough. It kind of makes sense. The first season bombed terribly. Second season had uh, was a big improvement, but people still had a bad taste in their mouth, especially after Defenders flopped. Like, I think Netflix had a lot of stock riding on Defenders for a while because when, when they made this deal, Netflix weren't what they as big as they are now. They were big, but they weren't that big. But this was a big get, and they wanted pretty much Avengers on the small screen, and Defenders was not that. It was a slow burn. They didn't meet till episode four. There were only like maybe two or three like memorable fight scenes. And there was a lot of filler as well. Um, Eight episodes as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you'd think with eight episodes, you'd do a lot more with that. Um, I still liked it, but it definitely had some major gaping flaws. Didn't finish it. (laughs) Fuck. That's sad, man. Um, But you know what? You know what? It's, It's like I've been saying the last few episodes. It's like. You've got to meet audience expectations. You, ne- It's great to have creative freedom and stuff, but like shit's implied when you announce something or release something and you've got to at least somehow meet your audience halfway. Yeah, I think um, I think I think with big franchises like this, definitely. Um, whereas like if you have like an indie film or an indie TV show, then you have a lot more creative freedom over. Oh, you for know, sure. Yeah. Um, like when you do so, a superhero yeah. show, people expect explosions and superheroes being superheroes, you know? Um, I love it when I see them move outside that territory, but yeah. And, um, what makes me really interested with this is like, so, okay, Iron Fist, fair enough. I was bummed, but fair enough. But Luke Cage was doing well. Um, that was a surprise cancellation. Um. Didn't finish the second season. It wasn't as good as the first one, but that, that had a lot of positive reactions and and, and hype to mm. it. And now, yeah. you know, it's around the same time as Disney streaming service. So, a lot of people are assuming, and rightly so, I'm one of them. It's like, it's Disney pulling the plug. Right. But if they're making a pitch to Netflix, maybe it's Netflix? Like, mm. what's it's going weird. on there? Like, if he's going to- It makes me- I've got so many questions. Like, do they have to pitch every <laughs> season to Netflix? Your questions or, aren't going to get answered by me, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, but, but I just want to put them out in the world. Like, like okay. One, does this mean they pitch every season to get renewed? Two, does this oh, yeah, mean- they do. But- Didn't you know that? Like, that's, that's what they do. Like, they don't, they don't instantly renew the show immediately. Like, they, 
the showrunners have to pitch a, a story a idea to Netflix. But like, like that, that's but for the next thing. season and stuff. Yeah, but, that's always a thing. So they don't base it on views and shit. No, I mean like the the showrunners. Oh, like obviously they do. Like that is a part of the the statistics. But like the showrunners always need to before before a new season gets greenlit. The showrunners need to pitch the story to Netflix, right? And Netflix need to assess the quality of it before they, um, before they, you know, give the go ahead on it. It so, makes me wonder why some certain shows are out there then, <laughs> but that's cool. Yeah, well, my second yeah. point would be like, this is something to be excited about. If this guy's going in pitching to Netflix to save the show in a way, you know, he must be nervous with other stuff, like. He's got to come with something big, you know. I don't it's got to be something that draws in the show. It's got to be something that brings in viewers, man. It's got to be like yeah. some big character. Or I, I get, I get what you're saying, but I, I honestly think he's just doing this because it's his job. <laughs> like, like, um, like he's not doing this to save the show. It's oh, just because- yeah, but still, he's got to up the ante. If he has to, because most shows don't work like that. They don't pitch the network. They get renewed or cancelled based on ratings. But Netflix doesn't. You know, they don't release their ratings and they, they, they have some other shit behind the scenes and stuff. And obviously, they must count on, like, costs and things like that. But, like, I don't know. I'm thinking if I'm a showrunner of the show and I've got to pitch every season. Like, you can- Okay, you, you take some, like, Daredevil. You can imagine the, the pitches. First one, yeah, it's Marvel. Daredevil, one of the most iconic characters with one of the most iconic villains. Great. Boom. Second season. All right. So, what we're going to do is we're going to bring in the Punisher. The Punisher? Yeah, the Punisher. And we're going to build up- We're going to use this to, like, build the base for our- For another show, Defenders, which will, like, bring cross-promotion for more views. Oh my god, yes. Greenlit. Third season. Alright, so what we're going to do, we're going to do everything better. We're going to do an 11-minute fight scene in one shot. We're going to bring back the fan-favorite villain that everyone's been begging for us to have. Um, all that shit. Oh my god, yes. Boom. How do you pitch season four? You've got to have something- New and crazy. Of course, every season is something new and crazy, but like, it kind of excites me to know that they're pitching these seasons because it means they, they've got pressure. There's no, there's, there's, there's less pressure on them to be lazy because we've seen that with shows, Walking Dead, Walking Dead, <laughs> where they just get so lazy. So, speaking of which, man, I'm going to go on a tangent here. I was going to say this. So, you know how the other week we talked about how oh God, it got are we renewed. Talk about Walking Dead right oh, now? You need to hear this, man. I, I just want to hear your Fuck. reaction. Okay. I want to I want to take I want to absorb your reaction, okay? Because I'm I'm pretty sure I'm the only person left on this planet who watches that show still, right? Even though it's one of those biggest rated shows in TV, it's got some terrible writing at times. But so, how do they set up this three movie arc with Rick Grimes? Do they kill him off? Do they do no? You know what happens? They spend a whole episode acting like he's didn't, dying, didn't and then talk about this. No, 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 no. We 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 heard about it, but I haven't seen the episode. I saw the episode the next day. Oh, right. He spends a whole episode with, like, all his wounds, like, he's about to die. And then out yeah. of fucking nowhere, you know what happens? A helicopter lands, <sighs> picks him up to take him to, like, a hospital or some shit. I, yeah, I heard about this oh. on Kevin Smith's, like, latest podcast, man. Like, um, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I like that they didn't kill him off. Um, I, apparently, I kind of like, do too, but apparently it was like a more like a more of a somber, more um, heart wrenching ending. But I mean, like the next day, it it's like, oh, feels, we're gonna give him three movies. It yeah. feel it felt like such a cop out. Yeah, Maybe it's because I, I knew it before going in, but 
It just, I just felt, don't give a shit. Oh man. Um, and you I know what's think, even worse? I don't think, so I don't that think wasn't... Andrew Lincoln could like hold up three movies. So. Oh well, I don't think he would say no to all that money, but <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but like it's, a- it's AMC that's making him as well, which is weird. Yeah. Um. But like, what's what's crazy about two to me is like. Oh, you know what? Fuck it. Something worth talking about. It. Let's just move on. <laughs> Let's okay, move okay, on. Okay, next, okay. It's, next it's not a mid-season finale. They just did it randomly in one episode. So they had other episodes after it. But what they did after he died, they just did a jump in time. And now they just act as if nothing happened. And he had like, oh, it's, it's like, and I, I get it. You do so a time much. jump, but like, it's, it's such a Leave it. Leave it. Right, Fuck this show. Let's move on to a new. Um, okay. This will tie into a lot of things we talk about today. Disney streaming service will be called Disney Plus. I like it. Yeah, simple. Yeah. Not really much to talk about there. It really sounds like it. Man, if I had to pick between Netflix and this, I'm kind of tempted for this, to be honest, because I, I, I don't watch a lot of movies. I watch shows and all the shows they're announcing for it are fucking bonkers good. I have a little thing for you and don't lose your mind because uh, off, off air, like we talk about how like I'm, I'm very much against talking about rumored stuff. So I try not to talk about rumored stuff. But I know you're going to love this, so I just kind of want to mention it to you. Lay it on me, brother. There is a rumor that uh, Marvel, for the Disney Plus service, are developing a Rocket Raccoon and Groot TV show. That makes so much fucking sense. It does. It, it, it absolutely does. They don't have but to hire the actors. They just need to have them as voice right. actors. Well, in the past, they've done something similar. They've done a Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon show for kids. And apparently that's pretty- that did okay. Um, but here's the other thing too. It's like they've been talking- James Gunn has been talking for years about him wanting to do a spin-off as a Rocket Raccoon and Groot <laughs> movie. Have fun. Yeah. But like all his ideas for that probably just go into the show. Even if he's not doing it. Like, and it may, But this show would be so easy to do and it'd be even easier to market because here's one of the secret source stuff that Disney has going on, right? The reason they do so well internationally- is because under a mask, when it's a CGI character or a robot or a cute animal or someone's wearing a mask, any nationality can relate to them. And that's one of the reasons why they do so well in places like China and stuff. Speaking of which, this was on our list, but did you hear that Venom has now outsold oh, every God. X-Men film ever, <laughs> Ven- including Venom- Deadpool? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, uh, it is close. Not- I don't think it'll reach it, but it is very close to a billion dollars. Um, yeah, that it's is insane. massive. That, that movie looks like was shot for ten dollars, and <laughs> uh, they're they're not going to let this down, man. Oh, uh, fuck, man! Yeah, I but can't you know talk what? I'm not even longer. surprised because it's a really cool character design, and that's oh, yeah. you know, and you know, a good movie is not what sells tickets. A good trailer is what sells tickets. Now, it's not a good trailer. <laughs> it no, doesn't have no, good trailers. No, no. But that, but you see that the face design. and you yeah. throw it in a place like China and you know it's going to do well. And Tom Hardy, like Tom Hardy's, you know, well, no, well, the, Tom Hardy's for us, but like yeah. uh, for international audiences, they don't, they don't care about Tom Hardy, Hardy, especially ones that don't speak English and aren't white. They don't care for Tom Hardy, but they look at Venom and they'll, be, and a lot of them are like, fuck yeah. I don't know, man. Bane. Uh, like. Okay. Let me put it this way. You know what? You know what also fucking slayed in China? Terminator Something- Genesis. Yeah, let's just it not talk about that. It did level good. I Anyways, know. we mentioned Disney, so let's talk about some Disney stuff. Let's get into the trailers of the week. Um, of the la- a week and a half. 
We've got a fuck ton to talk about, man. Dude. Um, oh, wait. Hold on. Are you going to go past the, the Mandalorian? Oh, that would have been a better- that would have been a better segue. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Mandalorian. Okay, real quick, because I don't have a lot to say about this, but um, yeah. Pedro Pascal um, yeah. and Gina Carano. I, I fucked up those names, didn't I? Well, I, well, not really. I mean- You yeah, take, Gina- the, take over for me. <laughs> okay, okay. You, you take uh, the wheel. I'm falling asleep at the wheel here. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm stoked for the Mandalorian, by the way, man. Like, it's- like we've talked about on the show already- um, the showrunner is John Favreau. There's a host of uh, guest directors, including Taika Waititi. Um, but uh, yeah, Gina Carano, uh, who was in Deadpool, the first one. Uh, she was in Fast and Furious 6. Um, she's a MMA fighter. She's pretty awesome. She's been cast in it uh, in an unspecified role. Um, but the big news is that the lead, the guy who's going to be under the helmet, the Mandalorian himself... Is Pedro Pascal. So Pedro Pascal is fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> he's from Game of Thrones. Uh, he plays Oberon Martel. Uh, I will not tell you what happens to him <laughs> uh, because he has one of the most amazing sequences in history. Um, he's from Kingsman's uh, Kingsman Two: The Golden Circle. Um, he's he's working. This guy. Uh, he was in Narcos. Um, like he's been in a, a bunch of shit. So, and everything I've seen him in, man, he's like he's entirely just like watchable. Like he's just great. So really, really stoked that he's the lead of this show uh, because he's he's got physical chops as well as acting chops. So yeah, that's my piece on the Mandalorian. It's another example of how much Disney's putting into this service because they are mm-hmm. getting a list. Okay, not like really amazing movie actors, not TV actors, movie and actors. And diverse as well. Pedro Pascal is, uh, I believe, oh, yeah. Spanish. Yeah. But like, like the amount of money they must be putting into this because he's a big, he's a huge franchise. Yeah, he's a huge franchises with big actors, and by sounds of things, like they they're going to put in a lot of CGI effort in. It's, yeah, and some and of big these sound behind like this behind the scenes as well. Some of these sound like. They're going to cost more money than some of the movies they do, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't they, be surprised. They are putting everything into this. Like, they want this to be the Netflix killer. And I'm pretty impressed. Here's the crazy thing, man. And you're going to call me fucking insane. But I'm still having trouble getting excited about the show. It's got everything. It's Star Wars, massive leads, um, directors like John Favreau, Taika Waititi. I'm still not excited. I, I, I'm not like I'm not like I think, craving I it. I think you just I think you just need to wait for footage. Once I see a trailer, yeah, you'll and lose it's, your it's mind. got Star Wars magic to it. I'll probably lose my mind. Yeah, but because I'm struggling Star Wars, for some reason. Star Wars and John Favreau are a match made in heaven. So I'm really excited to see what he does. Yeah, yeah. Like he just creates a sense of wonder and magic, like that Iron Man, like the first Iron Man. God damn. Yeah, man. Um. Like, it does seem like a no-brainer. Um, hey, uh, we've got actually a bit more news, because we, we mentioned, um, while we're talking about Star Wars shows, we should also mention um, Rogue One's getting a prequel TV show on the same service. Yeah, that's, um, that, was, that was cool. I mean- uh, At Star- What's his name? Um, Diego Luna. So, he played Cassian Andor. That's right, Cassian. Uh, it- so, he was yeah. a pretty cool character. I liked him, yeah. And I imagine if they have him in it, they're probably going to have K2SO as well, right? Um, yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't so know. So, there's, there's some familiarity there, I guess. Um, 
I but, uh, should the, be the more official, excited for this, but I, I don't know. The official description from, uh, from Lucasfilm. The adventures of rebel spy Cassian Andor during the formative years of the Rebellion and prior to the events of Rogue One. The rousing spy thriller will explore tales filled with espionage and daring missions to restore hope to a galaxy in the grip of a ruthless empire. That fucking sounds awesome, dude. It does. Like, I, was, I was really keen to, like, I, want, I wanted to know a bit more about Cassian because, like, he's got... The way he carries himself in that movie in Rogue One, like, he's got, like, a, a, a history, like, a past that he's just trying to kind yeah. of get away from, and I'm, has, I'm really excited. He has the best scene, uh, the best non-action scene by far. When he's talking to- um, Jin. Jin, yeah, Jin Erso. Um, and he's, he's like, you know, what is, he has some speech, like, I've been doing this before, you, you like, for yeah. you, this is, like, a thing, it's been my whole life. Like, you don't know, like, what things have done, that sort of stuff. It's like- Oh great! We're getting a character moment. Like that movie could have that movie had a bit of it, but like that was like that was the core of it for me. It's like, dude, do more of that. And it looks like they are now. So that's that's pretty cool. I- I'm slightly more excited about this than I am Mandalorian. Again, I should be more stoked by Mandalorian, just knowing who's behind. I can't wait to see what they do with it. Um, has a lot of potential. Um, hey, speaking of prequels. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> that was an easy one. Yeah, Charlie and Chocolate Factory is getting a prequel, <laughs> and we've yeah. been we've been making a lot of jokes about this. So is yeah. it? So here's the thing, right? People have joked. Um, oh, so it's about Charlie being poor? No, I guess the 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 ideal way to do it would be it's about Willy Wonka. It's how he get, it's how he builds the factory. It's how he finds the Oompa Loompas. Um, but this sounds like, you know, those movies where they take a fairy tale and they just like, they go real dark with it and they, they over explore stuff like, you know, in Rogue, uh, like things like the Han Solo movies, like that's how the dice get up here. That's how he got the vest. Like, I don't care about a scene where Han Solo got his vest, you know, show me him shooting someone in the face, you know, I don't care about how Willy Wonka builds the chocolate factory. I don't care. Like, and like, how are they going to do an episode about how he meets the Oompa Loompas and enslaves them, you know? <laughs> so, um... <laughs> what do you know that I don't know, man? <laughs> well, I don't know much. I mean, uh, in October... Oh, I'm just reading off uh, Wikipedia. By the way, Wikipedia has an official title for it. It's oh, called Willy, it? Wo- Willy Wonka's Adventures in Loompa Land. Um, I'm not... I'm not sure. They, they don't cite, like, a source, <laughs> right. so I don't know so how... So, it's uh, cast away, but with... Yeah. But they, don't, they, don't, they don't have a source, but his, um, his his ship was wrecked. He's on the <laughs> island. He's he's talking to a coconut. Then the coconut talks back, and it's oompa loompa. But dude, we saw a bit of that in the in the Tim Burton one. <laughs> like you oh, know what I mean? You're right. Actually, um, actually, I do want to read some comments because we posted this in the after party. And um, <laughs> the fucking, it's pretty funny, man. Clayton, Clayton Boyington, his comment had me rolling. Hearing about the next Hollywood expansion movie is like leaving a three-year-old alone in a room full of priceless antiques with 10 minutes unsupervised. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Mason um, put that gif with the monkey with the laptop and just like the laptop just fucking <laughs> falling thing. Um, Benjamin Prue had my favorite comment, though. What's the prequel about? Charlie has a sperm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crack up. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, sorry, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a is <coughs> it's a movie, right? Not a not a show. Um I I I don't know. Um, like, I assume, I fucking hope it's a movie. Like if they stretch that over a show, that'd be too much. 
But look, I guess at the end, as long as it has catchy songs, that's all it needs, right? I don't give a shit about the songs, to be honest. What, I never did. Would, like, even in the original, I just I never did. Well, what um, would make you care the most about this show? I, I think I think for me, it's the creativity aspect of it. Like, the the, the thing I liked about both movies, the, the Burton one and the original, was, like, the different sort of contraptions and inventions that Willy Wonka kind of came up with. And if this is before all that shit, then, like, you know what I mean? Then it doesn't really give me much reason to watch so it. Uh, I, it I guess movie, it's, like, it's, like, it's like how he discovers the... the- what are the, the god stoppers that turn you blue or whatever? The, yeah. The, the, the raspberry berries or whatever he calls them. The, the snozzle yeah. berries. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but like. But like, I mean, the first movie. No one's asking for this. No. No but one I, ever. Never, no one ever watches never, that movie and goes, man, I wonder how he built that factory. I've never been someone who kind of says that, though. Like, I've never really liked that kind of argument about uh, this doesn't really need to be made. Like, <laughs> nothing. Need- <laughs> it doesn't need to be made. Sure. But neither did Solo, and I enjoyed the fuck out of Solo. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, like, I, I I don't really like saying this doesn't need to be made, because I'll watch it. Like, I'll yeah. still go see it because I'm curious. Oh, like, I definitely will. And, like, that kind of complaint is more like, wh- what's the point of complaining about that? Because it's 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 going to get made. Well, here's, <laughs> like, here's my issue, right? When I hear something like this, it sounds like, I like to call it, it's like the, the Fantastic Four problem, where it's like- it feels like they're just making it so they can keep the rights to it or something. It's like, oh, we haven't made a Willy Wonka movie in 10 years. Oh, what? People didn't like us remaking it. Let's just redo a sequel or prequel mm. or something. Like, it's, it just feels like such a cop out. And you hear that stuff. And yeah, it sounds like it's more interesting to talk about than some random film we don't know anything about. But yeah, I don't know, it, man. It, 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 it feels like you're milking. It's like, it's like they, it feels like I, I, could, I swear to God, I can just feel someone's hand reach into my pocket and take the money out of it and just leave. And I feel dirty <laughs> after it, you know? Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not that- I'm not that Who, invested in what it. What studio's behind, behind it? Warner you know? Brothers. Warner Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, I, said I, I guess they need a good- they need a new franchise. They could use one. <laughs> they've said um, it's it's going to explore the stuff before Royal Dahl's book. So, I don't know how that's going to work in terms of rights and shit, but yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head when you talk about creativity. As long as this movie has- some crazy bonkers bullshit in it that makes you go, oh, cool. It has potential. Um, yeah. 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 Like for me, it was never really about the songs. It was more about that kind of stuff. Oh, for me, I think the songs are what make that film. But the yeah. other thing, too, is the simplicity of it. Like, it has a very simple story structure. Go right. to the one place. Something amazing happens. A kid dies. Go to- yeah. <laughs> You know, and even, like they can't that. do, they can't replicate that now. Not even that. The meaning in the original one was awesome, dude. Like this poor kid who's like not greedy or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he learns a lesson. Like it's 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 fantastic storytelling for 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 a child. It really is. It has that fairy tale aspect to it. Yeah. For um, sure. Let's move on. Uh, speaking of things that make you go, what the fuck? Shrek. They're gonna reboot Shrek. And, but, but it's not by DreamWorks. No, 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 no. Illumination. That's their mm. name, right? The, the guys yep. behind the minions. Who, yes. by the way, they've been going around town trying to get as much IP as they can lately. They're also working on a Super Mario um, uh, movie, which I'm so nervous about, but it, it's going to be my most anticipated film ever because Mario is like my boy. But yeah. Shrek, dude, like- that's a fucking perfect film. Like, that is 
all-time one of the best animated films. I, like I, I've uh, I've considered bringing it up for a feature presentation. We might I would honestly love do, to do it. Shrek. Yeah. Shrek is for here's how good Shrek is, right? Right, the first Shrek. You know, the sequels can all fuck themselves, but like, oh no, the second and third are good. I like those two. Well, the first one, they're not as classic as the first. No, right? of course not. Like, yeah. that's the a, first that's, one is that's so a, quotable. The first one is a masterpiece. And yeah. like, arguably one of the best scenes of I Am Legend is Will Smith watching Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> that's how good it is. But like, those voices too are so iconic. So oh, yeah, absolutely. Hearing new people behind them would be a thing. And it's like, Lord Farquaad. He hoffed and he puffed and he <laughs> signed an eviction notice. <laughs> but also, why, if you want to do more, why reboot? Why not just do a sequel? Uh, I don't know. That um, could, like, does someone have some special extra idea? Like, it's not like they, those films d- won't appeal to a new audience, you know, a younger audience or anything, right? They still work. Like, you'd be better off just re-releasing it. There's no way they're going to top that film. Well, and it was so fresh just- and unique at the time. I'm just reading here. Apparently, it has something to do with a with a buyout because um, I think oh. it's Illuminations. Yeah, Illuminations uh, company parent company Comcast bought DreamWorks in 2016 for what? 3.8 billion. So um, there's a lot. There's a lot of that. So um, I, I don't know. I don't know much about Illumination. I mean, like you know, I've only seen Minion. I've only seen Despicable um, Me. Despicable they did Me, Minions. The, yeah. um, they, and the second did, one, they did, they did something the else. The this Grinch, yeah, this new Grinch, yeah. Um, which, which actually- is getting mixed reviews, so. It doesn't look terrible, but like, oh my God, the soundtrack of this new Grinch movie is garbage. Tyler, the, the only- creator, for some reason, is doing the songs, <laughs> and the- it, yeah. The only thing, the only two things that uh, attract me to it is uh, obviously Benedict Cumberbatch, but it's the first movie that's being directed by Scott Mosier, um, and Scott Mosier is uh, Kevin Smith's sort of like podcasting partner, because- you know, oh what? Yeah, yeah, he did the Grinch. Yeah, he directed it. <laughs> Get um, fucked! No yeah, way. Because you know Kevin Smith's podcast is called Smodcast. So, oh my um, god, S M O. I had no idea. So, yeah, that's crazy. I still think Benedict Cumberbatch is a weird casting choice for that character. Um, but I'll, I'll judge it when I say if I see it. I don't know if I will. I mean, I'm looking at like DreamWorks now. Thinking R.I.P. They had some- well, they just did- oh, their last film was last year, though, The Boss Baby, which got a spin-off like, a TV show, which I think's on Netflix. They did Trolls not long ago, which I didn't bother with, obviously. I didn't bother most of it, but they did Kung Fu Panda, which is a big one. And um, How to Train Your Dragon was a pretty big franchise. That's both critically and commercially, that, that franchise is pretty solid. Yeah, but they also did some, like, I don't know- they did some movies which are like shittier Disney version movies. Like mm. when they did Find Nemo, they did Shark Tale. Um, I like Shark Tale. They did. Oh, you know what? I didn't mind that Captain Underpants movie, to be honest. They also did the ever memeable film. Speaking of movies that are memeful, like memeful, and I'm not talking fucking Shrek B movie. Bro, uh, that movie yeah. has so many fucking meme, like memes and shit. They also oh, yeah, did, it's very, yeah. They also put out Ants around the same time Bugs Life did, and I don't know. That, that studio, I was always 50-50 on, but they did some good shit, man. To hear that they, they got bought out, like, that surprises me. I'm kind of bummed out, too. Um, oh, Madagascar as well. Fuck, okay, let's move on, though. Because um, I'm, I'm just- <laughs> You're going down going this down. rabbit hole. <laughs> um, so, look, okay, we talked about prequels, talked about reboots. 
Let's talk about a sequel. A film I still don't believe exists. Neither do I. Breaking Bad sequel. Now, has this been confirmed to be true? Yep. 100% confirmed to be true. Starring um, Aaron Paul as Jesse Pinkman. Um, okay, so, yeah, starring Aaron Paul as Jesse Pinkman, following his, uh, by the way, you've seen, you've seen the entire series, right? So, you uh, really care about A million spoilers. times, it's the greatest show yeah, ever made. Me too. Yeah, I love it. Um, mine is, well, actually, no, full spoilers to Breaking Bad. Sorry, guys, but you can skip ahead. So, at the end of Breaking Bad, uh, Jesse Pinkman escapes from the, uh, neo-Nazis that kidnapped him, um, and, and, you know, the neo-Nazis that forced him to cook the meth. Basically, the last shot of, um... Of Jesse was him kind of driving through a gate and just kind of yelling his head off. Yeah, it was a great <laughs> so, moment. Yeah, he's 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 a he's a fantastic actor. He's amazing in that series, man. He doesn't do um, enough, man. Like since Breaking Bad, I yeah. thought it was gonna blow up everywhere. But then he did that Need for Speed movie, which was like, think about that movie. It was clearly written for Aaron Paul because the one thing he showed he's great at doing in Breaking Bad is crying and. The weirdest thing to do with a car movie is they just made so many scenes for him to showcase that. Movie still so, didn't do very well. And then since then, only real things I've seen him do is he's a voice actor and a producer for Bojack Horseman, which I love to death. But it's definitely playing against type. And then he just got cast for- um, was it, He had his was own it? show, The Path. Oh, was that any good? I don't, know, uh, I don't know, but it was no on one, Hulu. No one talks about it. What did he just get cast? He got cast in a new season of something. Was it Westworld? Um, oh, yeah. Or was it, it True might, Detective? It might, uh, no, I think it might have been Westworld. It's either Westworld or True Detective, I think. Um, but anyway, yeah. so, um, the, the creator, uh, Vince Gilligan. So, I love okay. him and idolize him. He's, ama- he's amazing. He's like, he's the reason that I'm excited for this, this, this movie. Like, like, I wasn't excited initially for Better Call Saul, but. He makes that show. Him along with, um, obviously, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's funny, actually. So, um, just after Breaking Bad ended, um, he gave an interview and, and, like, someone, like, GQ magazine asked him what happened to Jesse. And this- this can kind of be like a- I'm kind of hoping this is true or, like, might be, like, the bare bones for what the plot of the movie is. So, Gilligan says- it's up to the viewer to decide what happens to Jesse. My personal feeling is that he got away, but the most likely thing, as as negative as this sounds, is that they're going to find this kid's fingerprints all over this lab and they're going to find him within a day or a week oh or a month. God. And he's going to be on the hook for the murder of two federal agents, likely, oh likely Hank Schrader and Steve Gomez. That is exactly the <laughs> way breaking bad do their writing too they they come it up with continues. the most logical and yeah. reasonable things it continues they, oh, oh my god yes but yeah even though that's the most likely outcome the way i see it is that he got away and got to alaska changed his name and had a new life you want that for the kid he deserves it but that that means that there's no conflict so well, it's gonna well, be the worst. No, well, no even if it does start like that some will come <laughs> back to haunt him like yeah. <laughs> fucking soul getting an Somehow coming back. Better Call Saul's killing right now. We've had some, like, flash forwards to the future. Seen a little bit what's going on. It's great. I, I just want to give Cinnabon, a shit. Cinnabon, bitch. Yeah, man. And, uh, hey, if, if, um, for anyone who loves these shows and loves podcasts, I cannot recommend highly enough the Better Call Saul Insider Podcast and the Breaking Bad Insider Podcast. Um, it's usually hosted by the main editor. Um in the Better Call Saul podcast, I'm pretty sure Vince Gilligan has been in every single episode so far. 
Um, they always have the stars on almost every, every episode. There's like one of your main actors he's, or they have one of the main crew. And this Vince is just sitting there like trying to be like, no spoilers, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he, I, I can tell, I think in the last few seasons, it seems to be he's been a little more hands off, but he's still been involved with the podcast. But every time he's just, he's just like, I loved how you guys did that. I loved how you do that. And he always says that. And sometimes I've been thinking these last few seasons, I've been like, especially last season, I've been like, hang on, you're always reacting, but saying how much you love other people doing work. I've been thinking like, what are you doing then? Maybe he's been working on this. Like, I don't know. But like, and they're, they're great podcasts. Like, if you want to learn about, like, how in-depth they go with filmmaking, they're so interesting. I love those podcasts to death. Um, and I fucking love Breaking Bad to death. And I love- Admittedly, first few seasons are a little slow, but by season four and five, it's two of the best seasons of anything on television. Season five is one of the best things on TV ever. Fuck. A hundred percent, man. Um, it's so great. Medical Soul's good, too. Um- Although it does dip at times, but like it's a whole different beast, though. Like I think this la- latest season is incredible, though. Of of Better Call Saul. Yeah, 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 man. This is one of the best. Like, admittedly, I think like the problem with that show is like the amazing moments are these emotional arcs rather than like the danger and stuff that's happening, which is like what made Breaking Bad, especially in its later season, so exciting because they're always yeah. building towards something. With Better Call Saul, it's a bit risky, but like. They'll just end something and then you see them like building up again. Um, but it's all worth it because when they do like a massive payoff, it's so exciting. Um, and something really interesting, I, I heard these po- um, podcasts, man, the way they write is like they purposely try and write themselves into a wall so they have no idea how the fuck. So, it, you know, when you're watching like how the fuck do they get out of this, the mm. writers try and get them in those situations too so they have no idea how to get them out of it. Yeah, I- um, I went to a talk, um, with oh, Vince. that's right, Vill- you went to uh, that, yeah. hey. Yeah. I that wish was, I did. Like, that's what he, that's what he talked about. He's like, yeah, I always can, like, I, I want the writer's room to, like, write themselves into a corner and then see what our best sort of way to write us out of that situation is. Like, it's pretty cool. It's a cool way of writing. And, like, yeah. it, it definitely comes out on screen because, like, the, the situations that they get themselves out of is pretty cool. And what I also love about the way they write that show- Fuck, let's just do Breaking Bad, bad podcast, man. <laughs> um, what, I, what I also love about that is that this other thing I learned is like what, what they do. And it's so much- A lot of shows should don't do this. And like it's just genius the way they do it. It's so simple, right? They have like the little Bible of like all the characters information. When they get in those scenarios, instead of coming up with a brand new character who can get them out of the situation or a new thing, they go back and they go, what haven't we used? And they did that- with, I think, the finale when they went back to um, those rich people who owned that company that Walter was going to be a part of. And they were like, okay, we're going to bring them into it because they've been established, they've been set up, we can use them to solve a problem. And, like, they'll do that, so everything usually makes total logical sense. And I guess it's a great way to trick the audience to feel like it's built, like they've been planning that or something. But they're just fucking geniuses, man. They're so good. All right, move us on. Oh, I, I, don't, I want to talk about this for forever. I know. But yeah, um, okay, let's move on to Bucket. Let's go into this, the trailers, man, because there's a lot of shit to talk about. And I'm pretty excited to talk about almost all these. Um, let's just go from the top. We've got a quick teaser trailer for Toy Story 4, which is also followed by like a little clip about some other new characters. Um, it looks like the, the main theme we're dealing with is a spork- that was turned into a character in like some sort of arts and craft class, and he's gone through some sort of identity crisis because 
Yeah, that's right. Forky, even though he's a spork. Um, and he's going through some sort of like identity crisis because he's like, I'm not a toy, but he's being treated like one, which is a really unique and cool idea. Don't you reckon? Yeah, for sure. It definitely sounds like what what we've seen before from like Toy Story, like the franchise. Like they they always kind of hit you in the feels. Um, yeah, oh, they definitely will. I, I remember hearing when they first announced this project, um, one of the heads of uh, Pixar they said something like, "We really didn't want to do a four. Like they like they like they were happy with the trilogy." Which I feel like bullshit. The amount of money they make through toys and merchandise is crazy. But Dude, they said Tom- they said the idea for for Toy Story 4 was so strong and good. They're like, there's like someone pitched to him and they're like, we have to make this. Dude, um, T- Tom Hanks just basically came out and did like a little interview. He said, um, he said, the way you record Toy Story, you're in a room with the team that has created it. When I went in for my last day of recording, I wanted to have my back to them because usually you're facing, you're facing him so you can look right up and you can talk about it. But I didn't want to see them, and they pretend and pretend they couldn't see me. When I realized what they were going for, I realized, oh, this is a moment in history. Was like that for Toy Story four or three? Toy Story four. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah. Look, look. Here's the thing, right? I love the way that they said that too, because it's 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 something rare. I feel like we get from these big franchise films. It feels like an honest place, because usually when they do an announcement like this or something, it's like. Oh, it's going to be the first of a trilogy or something, which just means, oh, okay, I'm just going to have to, you're going to stretch something out. I have to give you more money. But like this, it really sounds like whatever the fuck it is, it's something really special. I have faith, man, because- um, So much faith. Yeah. Yeah. Because John, John Lasseter, Andrew Stanton, um, those, those guys that have worked on Toy Story, they haven't made, like this, the first three, if it was a trilogy, you could class it honestly as one of the best trilogies ever made. Like Fuck it yeah. is one actually, and three are, are pretty much flawless. Yeah. Two's also very good. And at the very least, two has have you heard the story about how almost all of Toy Story 2 is deleted once? <laughs> no. It's what? this amazing story. I, for anyone who hasn't heard it, like you look it up. It's so interesting. And they actually teach this in like film schools and stuff now as like a lesson to like how backing up is important. Um so they were making Toy Story 2 back in like the early 2000s, whatever, there was no such thing as cloud storage back then, right? So they had to store all this data on these um, massive servers that connected to all other computers and shit, right? And then they were all done on like this weird Linux thing. And it was a really weird fucked up type of code they would have to put in, right? And when you want to delete something, you got to type in the special code of whatever it is, right? And then you got to list the folder to delete. Now, if you don't list the folder in this coding scenario, the com- this is how stupid the program was. It would just delete everything on the server. And some intern or someone, like, they never released the name because this person would be butchered to death. Um, they never released a reason or anything. But someone typed in the code wrong. And then slowly but surely, it started deleting everything. So, oh, boy. Meanwhile, there was someone who was, I think, the technical director. He was minding his own business, working on the film. And then something, dis- like, one of his assets disappeared, like- People save an example, it's like Woody's hat or something, but it was, it was something else. So, all these animated- And then he starts noticing throughout the day, different little files are missing and he can't find them. And he'll start talking and then he realizes what's going on. He goes, shit, no matter what's happening, everything's being deleted. So, he calls up the server place, he's got it, and they refuse to delete it because they're like, no, what if you're just pranking us or something? 
Um, there's no way. And he's like, he's stressing out. No, you don't understand. We're losing assets by second, blah, blah. So then apparently he called back the studio, went through all this thing. And then eventually he, he was just like, just unplug it. Unplug the machine. Unplug the machine. Eventually they did it. But by the time they did it, 90% of Toy Story 2 was deleted. And the wow. movie was due to be released in 12 months. So the, wow. all the higher ups at, um, at, at Pixar had this huge board meeting and they're like, what the fuck do we do? There's no way we can finish the movie in time. Do we push it back? Do we do this? And it's like a, it's like a million, like $500 million movie or some shit, right? But it turns out this one lady who is like, she's one of the higher up senior animators or something. Um, she actually um, had gotten pregnant earlier that year, right? So she'd been doing some work at home and she had like this little backup system installed at her place. And she realized like, I think I've got most of it backed up at home. And they're like, no way. And so what they did- well, her, Look at that. Having kids other guy, does solve problems. Right? And so what happens, they, they drive back, they drive back to her place, they get her computer, they wrapped it in just apparently a insanely large amount of um, blankets because they're like, we have potential, we have millions and millions and millions of dollars potentially stored in this computer. They put it, they wrapped it up everything they could. They drove very slowly back to Pixar <laughs> and then they plugged it in. They crossed their fingers and then almost everything was recovered. It's pretty That's much crazy. saving the film. And if Holy this lady shit. wasn't pregnant and decided to work from home, they would have like potentially like they could have canceled the movie, you know? And this is like Pixar's first ever sequel. And it's fucking crazy. I've heard that story told a few different ways, a few different times. And it just blows my mind every time, man. That's crazy, dude. That's awesome. Sorry to go on that tangent, but it's a good story, right? <laughs> it is. Yeah, no, it definitely yeah. is. Um, um, very excited for Toy Story 4. Also, they released yeah. a clip shortly after it um, with these two new characters. Forget their names. Hell yeah. One of them is um, uh, yeah. Keegan-Michael Peel, right? No, you, you is fucked it? that it up royally. Like no? You fucked- so it sounds like him. <laughs> Jordan Peel. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Who's the, who's the other guy? Um, yeah, Jordan, Ma- Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key. Like, they always oh, work fuck. together. I mixed yeah. their names together. It's, <laughs> it's Key, though. Their it's names key. are Bunny and Ducky. Oh, is, is the other one Jordan? Yeah, Jordan so Peele. It's, it's both of them, directed, yeah. directed Get Out, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I knew for sure it was Keegan. Because, um, <laughs> you know, when he does that, that like, loud, excited voice, uh, I thought it was Jordan. So I wasn't sure. <laughs> Technically, I was right. It was Key and Peele. <laughs> uh, let's move on, though. Um, <coughs> Bro, oh fuck, that's the first one. Um, next one, another Disney film, Dumbo. What are your thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> did you ever watch I'm Dumbo not- as a kid? I never did. I don't know the story of so, Dumbo. So I, I had, I don't think it exists anymore. But Foxtel, which is like the main cable provider here, there used to be another one, a competitor with by Optus. I don't know if they still do cable. I had the Disney Channel. I used to watch this Dumbo TV show all the time, man, as a kid. And there was a movie as well, which I vaguely remember. But basically, the, 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 the thing about Dumbo is he's an elephant with big ears. And he one day learns that he can fly by flapping his ears like wings. And as a kid, I barely remember it. But I remember I loved Dumbo. I don't have- I have no fucking clue why. <laughs> but I look at this movie, man. I look at this trailer and I'm like- Oh fuck! I'm gonna cry in this film. It looks like it just gets so much like yeah heart it, to it. A lot, lot of, lot of fails. I, I'm just a bit worried about Tim Burton. That's all. You know, Tim Burton's been weird in his last few years. Like he's ever since he's he's been doing a lot more. I guess he's always done kid films, but ever since he started using like CGI and stuff, like ever since like the Willy Wonka days, 
he's been a bit hit and miss because like he's he used to commit and just do goth type like goth movies for kids and that worked but now like he doesn't really do that anymore i guess because goth isn't as trendy or something and now he just sort of just like kid films have dark tones which sometimes don't blend well together but this one i'm not sensing much of that darkness like it, it feels like just a legitimate kids movie um and the yeah. elephant looks good like I, it does when i when i sort of realized it's like oh fuck they're cgiing an elephant of course they're doing that it's gonna look shit but as i started seeing him move and stuff and like his eyes and things i was just like i can't i fuck with this this is cool yeah <laughs> i fuck with this do yeah. you want to um do you want to hear something that will blow your mind blow my mind it has been 78 years since the original cartoon. Damn. 1941. That's, that's World War II. That's Pearl Harbor. I didn't know that. I didn't know it was that old. Yeah. I thought it came out when I was a kid. So, what I saw was like some sort of an adaptation then. Mm. Damn. But, um, yeah, it, good cast, dude. Eva Green, Colin Farrell, Danny DeVito, Michael Keaton, man. I love that guy. Oh, man. When I saw- Danny DeVito, my face is lit up, man. I'm like, <laughs> yes, give me more Danny DeVito. Do you watch uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I love that. And this season great is show. killing it. This yeah. season is so great. Um, Just to, okay, off air, you got to tell me how you watch it because I want to try and rewatch it again, but I can't find it anywhere. Oh, well, I would, I, I, I don't know how to because I would never, ever illegally stream stuff. So, yeah, but no, it's very bad. Neither would I. It's very yeah. bad. NSA, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, Jesus. Speaking of Danny DeVito. Um, Detective Pikachu came out. Do you know why I mentioned Danny DeVito for Detective uh, Pikachu? Uh, yeah, because, because someone dubbed it over. <laughs> no, 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 no. Before that. So, Detective Pikachu is actually a game that was really big in Japan, got a very not big release here in, in English speaking countries. And when they were going to, and you know, they voiced it with a voice in this game is on, um, Nintendo DS or 3DS. And everyone was saying, cause he was in the, in the game, he's not like in this movie. He's very gruff and gritty. And like, he's like, I don't care. I do what I want. And so they're like, guys, like Danny DeVito must voice Pikachu. It would be the perfect casting for this character. And then when they, they voiced him with something else in the game. And like in the game, he talks like this all the time. Like he's Batman almost. And so then when they announced Ryan Reynolds as casting it, or everyone's like, fuck yeah, Ryan Reynolds. There was this huge like niche fandom audience <clears throat> that were petitioning they fire Ryan Reynolds and replace him with Danny DeVito. Oh, wow. I um, think Ryan Reynolds' voice works, man. I yeah, like, like look yeah. at his trailer and it's like definitely like- So, they've changed the way Pikachu is from the game, but like he suits to what this movie's after. When I first started watching this trailer- and Okay, spoiler alert. I am a big Nintendo hardcore fanboy. Um, I used to refuse to buy any other console as a kid because I was that loyal to Nintendo. I stuck through it for- all the years I had the GameCube, I I was there for everything, man. Um, except the Wii U, but no one had the Wii U. Um, but yeah, man, I'm a diehard Nintendo fan. Um, and I'm so excited Nintendo's getting back into movies because they were burnt really, really hard when they got fucked over with the Mario Brothers movie. But uh, but um, when I start seeing the trailer, like the opening couple shots, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like I'm seeing that Charmander, and it's like it's very like they're not. Feels too fake. But then as the trailer was going on and once to see Charizard, I'm like, okay, okay. And the story seems like it has a lot of heart to it and stuff. And the Pokemon, they start seeming a bit more in place. And then I watched it a second time, like, 
yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. And by the third time I watched it, I'm like, fuck yeah. Detective Pikachu, motherfuckers. I can't wait for this movie. Yeah, even though he looks furry. Even though, even it, though it looks it, like a giant Furby, I don't care. Well, uh, I don't know. P- Pikachu is always supposed to be a mouse. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I had the same exact reaction. I actually just straight up didn't like it the first time I saw it. I was like, oh, no. Um, and for me, it was like the fucking kid from Jurassic Fall, Fallen Kingdom. I was like, <laughs> oh, here we fucking go. Um, and it just, yeah, it didn't really mesh with me. Yeah. I, but I did get a boner when I saw Charizard. I was like, fuck. It's weird how Ch- I, they knew Charizard is what would win oh, us over. Absolutely. They knew he's so that's iconic. so hard. Like my my knowledge of Pokemon, I love Pokemon, but my my knowledge of it is pretty limited because like I've I've played every generation up till Sapphire. So um, that was so the ones that I honestly had when I was- most people would be with you. Like mm-hmm, there's yeah. a reason why they put the original 150 yeah. in yeah. your face the, with with the, Pokemon the, Go with this with everything. Yeah, the ones the ones that I played were Pokemon Blue, Pokemon Silver, uh, and oh, I think there was something in the middle. But then like the last one was Sapphire. Um, but yeah, man, like, look, the movie looks fun. Um, it looks funny. Um, I'll definitely watch it just because I'm curious to see what uh, a, a live action Pokemon yeah. movie looks like. That Mr. I, Mime I do, scene is hilarious. Yeah. I, I do want to see a second trailer though, to kind of clinch it for me. Um, and dude, by the way, this is not going to be rated anything past a PG. Oh, it's definitely going to be PG, yeah. PG 13. Like it no, has it'll to be, be PG. It won't be PG 13. Yeah, it It'll has be PG. to like it does look weirdly a little bit dark with the way they've 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 done like they've presented the image and stuff. I guess like a gritty world where it's like rah rah, but like I thought it'd be a bit more colourful for a Pokemon film. Mm. But you look at the story and the characters and it's definitely aimed at children. But like that's what I'd want. I don't want a mature um Pokemon film. Uh no no thank you. That's not what I want. Um but yeah, I- I'm pretty stoked on it. Um, IGN did a-, a breakdown of the video, and they counted over sixty Pokemon. Really? Um, in the f- in in the trailer, Psyduck yeah. looks cool. Though. A lot of them are like hidden in the background, or like I seen on posters and stuff. Yeah. But um, and a lot of them are like from the new- some of them are from like the new gen, but like obviously the the most popular original ones are shown like full screen and stuff. Um, but you know what? <clears throat> there are so many- I love the little Easter eggs in this, like. The beginning, like the way they sort of remixed that, um, uh, the anime sort of song, yeah, the the theme song, yeah, it's it's really great. And then I loved, um, I loved the way they use some of them, like to show like their their day to day life. Like if you look in the background, one of them, um, this guy's cooking in the street, but like he's using a Charmander's tail to like light the fire and little things like that. Like I, I want to, I'm really interested in this world they're setting up because in this city that they're in. It's not like in the po- rest of the Pokemon world. Um, in this, it's like Pokemon live like with humans together, and like I think it just has so much opportunity, like Flintstones type jokes, where like instead of a garbage can, it's like a Pokemon. Instead of a yeah. washing machine, it's a Pokemon. I'm and definitely keen to see how that works. Yeah, yeah sure. I want to see a scene where like one of the Pokemon just looks at the camera, and go, "Eh, it's a living." <laughs> like <laughs> the Flintstones. God, uh, but yeah, man, I couldn't. I'm, You're I'm so really, basic, Matt. I love it. I'm really stoked for this, man. Um, speaking uh, of films yeah. that I'm surprisingly stoked about, what did you think of the trailer of Fighting with My Family? Wow, uh, I posted this in the after party when I saw it. I was like, because I don't know, I was just on YouTube randomly, and then like a thumb a thumbnail came up of The Rock, and I was like, what is this? Uh, <laughs> and I clicked it, 
and I was like, I'm I'm loving this. This is great. This is a great a great concept. Um, it looked hilarious, dude. Directed by Stephen Merchant. Hell yeah, I love Stephen Merchant. Um, he's he's an amazing uh, British uh, comedian, man. Like he's he he worked on The Office. Um, it does have just- a British vibe to it. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, because yeah. the characters based on a true story as well. Yeah, apparently. crazy man. Um, who's uh, who's the who's the dad? Um, he, he does a lot of stuff with Simon Pegg. Get his name. Yeah, uh, Nick Frost. Nick Frost. Yeah. Well, I, I first so a, a friend tagged me in the trailer on Facebook, right? And I'm like, what the fuck's this? Okay. And he knows, like, I, me and this other mate of mine, like, we love just every time we see each other, we drink and. He'll impersonate Vin Diesel and I'll impersonate Dwayne Johnson. And we're just like, because in real life, those two hate each other. So we just think it's so funny. Those two would make such a great like sitcom of these two people hating each other, but they're forced to be together to make this stupid movie franchise that while well, they hate each other. Type thing. So anything to do with The Rock or Vin Diesel, we just tag each other in and stuff. But a mate, a mate who knows That's about awesome. it, tag me in this. And I start watching I'm like, what the fuck is it? Okay, Nick Frost. It's some sort of like misfit english comedy and then like they keep talking about wrestling and i'm like this movie about wrestling and then like they just come out with every single easter egg from the rock's career like he had all of his catchphrases he had the it doesn't matter what your name is like and shit <laughs> like that and so okay this is a fun film man um yeah, i feel like, i'm worried it's so that- self-aware yeah I am, and it's like, it looks like it's kind of like a love letter to wrestling. It looks like the, the WWFE, or the E now, right? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. The Wrestling Federation of Entertainment. What, no, the WWE now. They went from F to E. Um, they've got, they've put their branding on it. They're, they're fully supporting it, which is great. Um, I'm a little bummed that we got, ca- we got a lot of cameos from Dwayne Johnson. I, I don't think, I feel like this trailer is advertising as a Dwayne Johnson film. But I'm pretty sure he's just got a couple cameos. I don't think he's going to be a main character in this film. I just don't feel it. But like, he's, maybe I'm wrong. His second build. Yeah, because he's the one of the most famous actors of all time. Yeah. You know, they're going to throw him in that. Like, I feel like it could be like a like a Morgan Freeman situation. He's in there for the main moments. They put him in the trailer and he voices we'll shit. We'll and that's my feeling. Uh, but like, one thing I'm bummed about and what I'm hoping for in this film: if you're going to be doing like this wrestling movie and you're going to put The Rock in it. Oh, God, Give me man. a cameo from John Cena. Oh, I want a John yeah. Cena cameo. I would be. I, I, I'm not expecting it, but I'd be so happy if I got it. Um, <laughs> just I want something. Just just a little nod to it or something. That'd be great. They must. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the route they're taking with it. I don't know what this, much about I don't the story. Think it's that big of a budget. Like it's just it's 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 Stephen Merchant writing and directing. Um, and like the the budget can't be too big, and I think they're going for a bit more heart than they are like kind of comedy. Yeah, well, th- yeah. there is potential they could do with that. But that being said, there's a good chance they spent their whole budget on the Rock. Probably, <laughs> like, as their Rock's not cheap. Um, but he, I'm sure he would have loved playing himself. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm like weirdly stoked on that film. Um, let's move on to another movie. I expected to not like. But I fucking love it. Um, um, Mowgli. I can never get his name right. Is it Mowgli? Mowgli. Mowgli. That's right. Legend of the Jungle. Um, Coming to Netflix with an all-star started cast. Um, Man, so it's another Jungle Book adaptation. And when I heard about this project, man, I knew Andy Serkis had a big role in it. 
uh, or he's he's not directing, is he? Yeah, he's directing. He's directing. Yeah, and I and I and when you hear motion capture and Andy Circus, it's like okay, sold. Um, when I heard all this stuff, I was kind of like, well, there's no way they can top Disney because it's Disney, and it's coming out so close to it. And then I heard it's going to Netflix, and like that has a little bit of a tinge to it. But dude, like, aside from the fact I feel like the trailer showed way too much, and I'm worried that I've seen half the film, but like. I love this approach maybe a little more than Disney one because it's it looks like it's a lot more character focused and stuff, you know? Um, yeah, that, that Disney one was, I mean, again, like we were talking about earlier, it was directed by John Favreau. Like, the guy goes for, like, wonder and magic, whereas uh, I, I feel like Andy Serkis is kind of going for a bit more of a, a, a more grounded slash realistic approach. Um, sort man, of, yeah. The cast in this... Christian Bale, Kate Blanchett, ooh, ooh, Benedict Cumberbatch, ooh, Naomi Harris, Andy ooh, Serkis, ooh, uh, jo- Jonathan Rhys Meyers, like, ooh, like, like, dude, that's like, come on, ooh, like, you know ooh, what I mean? <laughs> that's crazy. And but, yeah, yeah I, I, and I guess, I guess that it would be such an honor to be doing motion caption working directed oh, by Andy Serkis. Yeah, like he is, he, he's, he's a pioneer. Like he's literally a pioneer. And the, the the trailer looks great. I think, um, like you know, the it, it it's it's a great, well cut trailer. Um, I, I do yeah. think that much like Aquaman and Batman v Superman, it shows way too much. But I like what I see. I really do. Yeah, you know why? I think it's it's because it, I think it's the only trailer that's going to come out before it releases. It only releases like next month, and like that's the first that's and true. last trailer. That's true. Um, and hey, the CGI looks amazing. Like when you hear distribute looks Netflix, fantastic. a lot of people assume it's going to be cheap and stuff. Yeah. This does not look fucking cheap. Dude. In fact, I reckon Netflix must have paid a shit ton for this or for sure. something went happened because like this looks like a major. I, I guess it makes sense not to release it majorly in the cinema because distribution is going to cost a shit ton. And people are probably a little burnt out after like just seeing it like a year ago or two Dude, years ago. Shot- the shot of, of Sherry Khan, like the tiger dragging yeah. his paw, like, and like scraping it. I was like, fucking hell, give it to me. Give it to me. Yeah, man. It's, it's a timeless story. Like, you know. Well, I would argue it's not, to be honest. Like. Really? Because you look at the, okay, we look at the original Disney animated one, right? It was just a series of, it was like, you know how Willy Wonka is just, let's go here and something happens. Go here and something happens. It was that, but with songs. And which was weird for me with the last film because they had almost no music in it. Like, they had, like, I think two songs and one of them is sort of, like, they didn't fully commit to it, it felt like. And this mm. film looks like they're steering even further away from that. Like, I think there was a book well, that I mean, the original was based on, which is what they're both drawing inspiration from. There's, a, there's other ways to tell a story without the songs, though. I mean, like- the- Yeah, but again, like, it's, it's like adapting Power Rangers and having no fight scenes, you know? It's like- it's that it's known for its songs, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, but I guess that's what an adaptation I, I is. I guess so. they can't do that with this because I bet those songs were ma- are owned by Disney. Um, and Disney, when they did theirs, they had the popular ones in it, but they they kind of ignored the rest. Uh, I don't know. Just it's it's not like a pro or a con to me. It's just I think it's really interesting to note that we're getting these two mm. major adaptations, but like. That movie was known for, like, compared to, like, all of Disney's ones, it was probably the most song-heavy one. Maybe not the most iconic songs, but it didn't have the strongest plot. Um, but, again, that, I guess 
that's what that's the interesting with adaptations is seeing what they add to it and change with it. Well, I mean, I mean, like it's a timeless story in terms of like kid go kid grows up in the jungle by animals. Uh, oh, yeah. And is taught and is taught, you know, to hate man and you fear man. And then there's all the, you know, man destroys nature and yeah. like it's 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 timeless in that it's sense. It's Avatar, like, it's Tarzan, it's you could it's Avatar before Avatar. Yeah, you could argue like, it's kind of the Phantom. A, yeah. How come there hasn't been a Phantom movie? Like a a modern one. The first one was dog shit. With Brendan <laughs> Fraser. Uh, it wasn't was it Brendan Brandon Fraser? Fraser. It was um, Billy Zane. Oh, that's right. He looks so much. He looks like yeah. Discount <laughs> Brendan Fraser. <laughs> uh, they did do another one, I think, in the early 2010s, but it was like directed DVD, and it looked terrible. Um, I never watched it though. Um, yeah, let's let's move on. Um, but yeah, fuck yeah. Speaking, but yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of stuff that. We know are going to be fucking incredible. Um, the Lego Movie, too. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm okay. When you say we know are going to be incredible, look, okay, I think it's well, going to be good. It's based on some amazing shit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, for me, like they just dropped the trailer today, I think. Um, and uh, look, it looks great. The animation looks great, yeah. as as fucking expected. The humor looks great. Something's missing, and I, I knew immediately when I looked it up because I thought it was, but it's not directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah, they are. And like, that's definitely missing. comedy gods right now, Yeah, man. because they made that movie. Like, you could tell their humor was injected into that movie. Like, dude, and, and like, the, the heart and Are they attached and soul, as producers or anything? Do I don't any know. I didn't, I didn't look that far. But, I mean, when, when when they pull out in that first movie, by the way, spoilers. Yeah. When they pull out and like you've got that thing with the son and Will Ferrell as the father, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing! Like the story that they're telling. Yeah, here. I've never seen that no. done like that before in a, in a no. you know, in that and way, dude. Not even nominated for an Oscar that year. Oh yeah, bullshit. That should have won best animation. It had a unique animation style. Had an amazing story. It was. I know. It was one of the biggest Oscar snubs I think I've seen in a while. Yeah, I know. Uh, um, but yeah, like like uh, this this looks good. You know, it looks looks fine. You know, like whatever. I'll, I'll look, watch it. I do have to admit, and uh, it feels like a sequel. It's got sequelitis to it. It just looks like they're going bigger and bigger, but I'm not really seeing what makes it extra special. But I have, I love the first one so much that I'm just willing to have so much blind faith. And you know me, I don't usually have blind faith. I'm a skeptical person when it comes to movies and I go in very judgy, but I love everyone, every movie. I even love shitty movies. I love movies in general, but I, I just love the first one so much. My hopes are too high. And we technically sort of see a sequel, and as a spinoff, we saw the Batman Lego movie, and that was okay. It wasn't bad, but it was it was okay. I think this will be as good as that. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but we'll yeah. see. I, I know I'm flip flopping here, but so let's move on. Um, you, you've, you've sort of convinced me to to not be as hyped. I'll be honest. No, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. No, no, you're, no, no and, and no, you're right to do so, man. Um, moving on to another trailer. Um, Once upon a Deadpool. Um, uh, the the PG thirteen Deadpool, which is coming out, showcasing a lot of new footage. I hope that's not all the new footage. But um, what I got from it is, it looks like this. I, I, I'm glad like the humor's still there, 
um, with these with these newer jokes. Like it's still very, even though it's PG thirteen, like thirteen year olds are not going to get the Princess Bride reference. You know, the the is that wait that's where he's from, right? Fred Savage. Yeah, he's in heaps of shit, dude. He's in he's in he's in Gold Member with the mole. But what's his main role? What's his big thing that everyone knows him for? I don't fucking know. So here's the thing, right? See, even I'm having the trouble. He's, he's too he's, niche. He's, well, he's not niche. He's just from another generation. You know? He was known yeah, for- so niche. Like, 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 like Deadpool was- like he, The joke is like, oh, you're known for your childish wonder. It's like, yeah, if you're 30 or four or, or yeah. th- uh, late, late 30s or something, you're going to think of that. But like a 13-year-old won't. But I guess- Maybe they're not the audience. It yeah, really does like, sound- Ryan Reynolds didn't want to make this movie, I think. Yeah. Like, he was, he was sort like of convinced said, man, to do it. Like I said on the last one, I have little to no interest in this. I, I don't know. I have so it's much not- interest. I can't- I, Really? I, I'm so excited. Because you know me, I love the behind the scenes shit, right? I can't wait to see how they Frankenstein this movie to make it sort of different and how they change stuff. Because like, these type of movies, they, 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 they do a lot of things like called alternate takes or alternate punchlines where like, they'll just- They'll just feed them oh, yeah, new lines that, and they'll do that. But- and so they'll, they could easily recut most of the scenes to have completely new jokes, you know? And, and Deadpool, you never see his mouth. They, can, they could du- voice over dub anything over that. Yeah, but so, when you're watching it, that's all you're thinking about. Like, you're like, oh, this is just some kind of alternate take. Well, like, it's I'm not- definitely going to be like that because I'm yeah. a fucking dork like that. <laughs> I know of kids well. Yeah. And honestly, like, from my, like, I know an eight-year-old who's seen both Deadpool films. Like- uh, kids, it's kind of like Robocop was for like a ge- the generation before us, man. Like parents took them to see Robocop because they figured, oh, it's a superhero movie. And then they found out it was R later on. I'm pretty sure that same shit's happening to Deadpool. Deadpool is the modern day Robocop. You can quote me on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and if you want to listen to our Robocop, Robocop coverage, uh, we've covered it on the feature presentation. Yes. I can't remember, can't remember what number episode though. Cross promotion. Let's move on. Um, we got a final trailer for Aquaman. Looks and dope. You know what's crazy? And I, I think I was on the podcast saying this. Um, I felt like they showed us too much. And I, I think I literally said they've shown us everything they have. Looks like they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you that. I told you they haven't, man. But like, now, now have I seen everything? <laughs> See, like, I don't think so. I think there's a lot to this movie, dude. They reveal their runtime as well. It's 143 minutes. That's a that's big. It's pretty um, long. Yeah. And it's a $160 million budget. Um, but the I'm big starting to feel like me- this is going to be like DC's like Lord of the Rings at this point. <laughs> the big thing for me was the music this time around. So this is actually the score of the movie. Uh, Rupert Gregson Williams. You know, the drums in this trailer. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's, that's part of the main score. Okay. Dope. Dope. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what? Like, doesn't reveal anything been- new, but- the first trailer for Aquaman, I was like, okay, okay. Then we got that the second one, the long one, and I was like, fuck, this is incredible. Like, even if that's the only good scene in the film, I want to see it in a cinema environment, you know? Because <clears throat> it's so epic. Um, dude, this could be a hit. I just have a good feeling. Like, I have a good, good feeling, man. Like, it's uh, everything looks great, man. This is the first time we get to see Willem Dafoe as well. He looks, he looks great. Um, yes, and they aged him down in one scene, didn't they? I, th- I think so. I but, think so. Um, it was hard to tell, but I think yeah. they did. It looks, um, it looks great. It looks action-packed, man. Really exciting. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, I've got no segue. Okay, final trailer. Um, <laughs> how familiar are you with the Leprechaun franchise? 
Zero uh, percent. <laughs> and I saw this trailer and I like peaced out. I was like, yeah, there. <laughs> so if I'm not mistaken, I think the first Leprechaun featured. Matt, I want like I want one minute on this. Like, wait, <laughs> no, bro. I'm a, I got I'm shit to say. I got shit to say, man. All right. So all right, for fuck. those who don't know, I'm pretty sure the first Leprechaun movie was the acting debut of Jennifer Aniston from Friends. Um, this franchise, like a lot of slashes in like the 80s and 90s, went crazy. It's about a killer leprechaun um, who would kill people who steal its gold. It's probably racist to Irish people. Starring, um, what's his name? He's actually pretty famous. He's a comedian. I don't know if he's in this one, but it's- Warwick it- Davis? Yes. I think he was the original Leprechaun, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. I don't know if he's in this one. I, I haven't checked that. Um, but yeah, it looks like it's a low budget. It's definitely- it's-, it's rehashing some of the older stuff. I could be wrong, but from my understanding, they're basically doing exactly what Halloween did. They're kind of ignoring a lot of the sequels, and they're sort of trying to tie it as much as they can to the first. Which is a good thing because one of the- if you look at the comments to any of these trailers, everyone's like, where's Leprechaun in the hood? Uh, because like a lot of slashes during like the- I don't know, when they were starting to die out, a lot of slashes were trying to find new ways to breathe new life. Friday the 13th did- uh, they, they took Jason to space, um, while, while Leprechaun went to the hood and hung out with rappers. It's fucked. He, he, here's some of the weirdest kills. Like in, one involves a pogo stick. Let um, me let me set set yeah. you something, Matt, just quickly. Yeah. Uh, one hour and twenty six minute runtime. Leprechaun returns, and also TV movie. Not getting a theatrical release. Really? Well, you know what though? That's what they did for Chucky. And honestly, Curse of Chucky is the best Child's Play film, in my opinion. Uh. Might give it a flack for that. Admittedly, the second one's pretty good too, but- um, And that's what gets me so pissed off that they're rebooting Chucky, because they fucking finally nailed it, and they did such good things these last two ones, which are both direct video releases. But yeah, Leprechaun, it's, it's always been kind of a trash franchise. I'm still surprised how many sequels it gets. Um, I'm surprised it's made a return. I think a lot of people look at this film like, why the fuck does this <laughs> exist? But it's it's pretty funny. But horror fans, I mean diehard horror fans. I mean diehard slasher fans. Um, it's there. But like you can kind of, ma- I've kind of made my judgment at this film from the last ten seconds or so. And I saw this one comment which really sums it up. Someone was like, "Man, I was really sold on this film. It was amazing." Then I saw the last ten seconds, and they just had some fucking cheesy joke with some shitty CGI, and I was pretty cringeworthy. But so is the rest of the franchise. So. Yeah, that's Leprechaun Returns. Um, I think are we done? We're done. <laughs> it's worth mentioning, man. It's worth yeah, mentioning. Yeah, no, no, of course. It, no, it is. Um, it's just, yeah, this, it's not my thing. Uh, it's, you know what? I do love, I loved when I was a kid, especially a teenager, getting a really shitty slasher film with a bunch of friends, shit ton of popcorn and some soft drink and just laughing at the deaths and stuff. I love that stuff. And like this- has potential to bring back to those days, but like it does look like trash. But so are the other movies. Um, anyways, um, to finish up this episode, uh, I haven't seen any movies the last few weeks. I've been busy with life stuff. Um, and we've got two franchises that have sequels that have come out that I'm not really super attached to. 
There's the girl in the spider's web and Fantastic Beast, the crumbs of Grind Grindelwald. Yes, I'm not a big Harry Potter guy. Burn me at the stake. I've heard it all before. I'm sorry. Um, but Zoeb, let us know your thoughts. I've been told you're the only person who can pull this off. That depends. What am I looking for? I realized too late that I'd created an abomination. And you want me to steal it for you? Please. Help me. Uh, okay, so, uh, the girl in the spider's web. Um, this, this movie was, I was really excited to see what they would do after, um, after David Finch's Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, because I really, really liked that movie back in 2011. Um, like he's, uh, like we've talked about- It was about a big hit, wasn't it? Uh, it was a big I hit. I don't know if it was big hit. I don't, I don't know if got it was, critical acclaim. I heard a lot of people tell me good things about it. Yeah, I just it never got, saw it. It got critical acclaim. I don't know about money, but it got critical acclaim. Like 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 all of Finch's movies do. Yeah. But um so I was really excited to see like a follow up. And then like I just didn't hear anything about like a sequel at all. Um by the way, I haven't seen any of the Swedish ones. Um so uh, listeners, I'm sorry, but um, all I'm all I'm all I'm basing it off is the 2011 version and this 2018 movie. Um, so they recasted everyone. Um, so originally it was uh, Rooney Mara as as um, as Elizabeth Salander. So she Rooney Mara was awesome as Elizabeth. Man, I I loved her. Um, and in this, it's Claire Foy. So she's from First Man. She's from The Crown. Um, she's pretty good. She's, you know, she's not, she's not as good as, um, as Rooney Mara, but, you know, she's fine. Um, <clears throat> the Daniel Craig character from the 2011 one, uh, his character's got a bit of a reduced role in this one. Uh, his name is Mikhail Blomqvist. Uh, he plays, he plays a reporter. Um, I, I, he's not played by anyone sort of notable in this one. I, unfortunately, I'm forgetting his name. Um. But over, yeah, I know. But overall, this movie's a bit of a little bit of a wet fart. <laughs> Explain um, wet fart. Yeah, so the first one was this dark, intri intricate mystery thriller that kind of had you kind of had you on the edge of your seat for most of it, man. And like it was it was so atmospheric and you you just kind of wanted to get the answers. Um and look, it might be coming from the source material cuz again, I haven't read the books. So this one kind of felt a bit like a B action movie. Um, like there was these long ass car chases and, you know, there's these situations where Elizabeth gets herself into where she kind of has to do like a superhero thing to get out of it or uh, not, not literal superhero, but yeah. Um, a lot of it reminded me of Bourne, like basically Elizabeth, because Elizabeth is a hack hacker, um, you know, she's basically got ways that she can open doors and do surveillance and shit like that and i was just like oh yeah okay that's not really what she was doing in the first one but fine i guess um and in this one her the villain is her sister um it turns out so uh the sister's played by sylvia hooks so she was in um blade runner 2049 she was um the android working for jared Leto's character jared Leto's character um She's good in this movie. She gets a very little screen time. Um, but, like, when, when those two are on screen together, it's actually pretty good. Um, <clears throat> there's, there's really not much else to this movie. Like, it's just a, 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 
it feels like a B action movie. Um, I was a bit excited because it's directed by Fetty Alvarez. So Fetty Alvarez um, directed the Evil Dead remake, which I think is pretty good, um, you know, as remakes go. And he directed Don't Breathe. I love Don't Breathe. That movie. Love Don't Breathe. Yeah, that movie's great, man. Um, so I was pretty excited to see when he, like, you know, jumped on board because I was like, oh, okay, he's a, you know, he's a fair replacement for David Fincher. I mean, like, no one can really replace that guy, but yeah, um, it was, it was, so it was a bit, you know, it was a bit of a, like, I was kind of rolling my eyes, very tropey, very, um, very, it felt like a 90s sort of like detective film with like a hint of like personal story thrown in, you know, with the sister, um, Overall, I think it is, it's pretty forgettable. Um, there wasn't really that much to it. Like, it's just, it's just in and it's out and it's done. And, you know, there's nothing, um, there's nothing else there. Like, it's just, it, it, I don't know. It, it, it didn't really do much for me. Um, well, I saw it and I thought it was fucking amazing and I'm also <laughs> lying. So <laughs> it's no, look, it's, it's, it's it's by no means terrible, like it it, but it does feel like a cheap kind of like second rate sequel to what a sequel to that twenty eleven one should have been. Well, you know um, what surprised me the most? How little hype it had. Yeah. No one was talking about this film. There's no one. No there's no one, one notable in it. Like Claire Foy is not a leading actress. Um, I guess that is a as as a big deal. Like with films, you need people that put butts in seats. You can't just rely on the source material alone. Mm. Well, I guess for some movies, Venom. You can. Uh, I, I, nah, that's not true. They had Tom Hardy. Um, I always- Yeah, but still, I just like ripping on that film. Even though um, I did thought, think it was okay. But yeah, still, Lakeith, um, yeah, man. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield is in it as well. So, he's from Get Out. Uh, he was the the guy who basically got flashed with the camera and he's like starts freaking out. That's him. Um, oh, he's in um, Atlanta as well. Yeah, he's good. He's good in this movie. Um, he plays a- uh, he plays an American agent. He's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I just think like it's just such a. It, it's funny because that first one, the the movie that the uh, sorry the book that the 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 first movie was based on, uh, the guy with Dragon Tattoo, that was written by Steve Larson, and he went on to write uh, a few of the sequels. But then when he passed away, other authors came in to take like to take his spot. So really, like, yeah. So. The, the 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 series is ongoing it's still going but like it, with different authors writing different books so basically these american versions have skipped those the, the Steve Larson sequels and gone straight to another author's work and you can tell that this isn't written or like wow. this isn't taking inspiration from Steve Larson because it's just completely completely different like than the way like the Elizabeth Salander was set up in in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, like she was just completely different. The tone of that that story was just different. It wasn't an action movie at all. It was just a mystery, a great mystery. Um, and yeah, um, look, like I said, not terrible, but just not not uh, not really remember rememberable. Um, memorable, memorable. Jesus Christ, fucking, I'm having a stroke. I got over you, fan. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, I probably give it about six, six and a half, maybe. Um, you know the the action sequences are actually pretty well done, though. Yeah. Cool. Did it feel yeah. very finchery at all? Like, did they try no. and replicate his style? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was no no part of it where I was like, oh, okay, that looks that's a cool shot. Like, that's a cool. You know, yeah. I was just like, nah, like nothing of this. Like, it just feels so jarringly different. And maybe it's because like seven years have passed. 
since yeah. the original. Well, oh, sorry, the, the first one, but I just think it's funny. Like when you went to the OC, you're like, "Hey, man, you want to see girl? Uh, was it girl? Girl on a spiders? Whatever the fuck it's called? You're like, you want to see this with me tonight?" I'm just like, "Not really." <laughs> you just it. like straight up like just like, paced out. I've her. never. I don't think I've ever like you've. I don't think. I think it's the first time ever you've asked me to do a movie and I just like shut you down. Yeah. Like. No, no. Usually I'll see anything, even if it doesn't interest me. But I was like, I just know I'm not going to enjoy this. Yeah, and and it, I feel like it's a Sunday sequel. I have no attachment. Like, I hate seeing sequels when I haven't seen the original um, sometimes. Like, I don't hate it, but, you know, uh, which is why I didn't see Crimes of Grindelwald. But I will one day. What a segue. My brothers. My sisters. Clock is ticking faster. My dream. We who live for truth, for love. The moment has come to take our rightful place in the world where we wizards were free. Join me. Or die. So, Fantastic Beast, The Crimes of Grindelwald. So, I didn't like the first Fantastic Beast movie. Um, uh, lay it on me why, real quick. I'll tell you why. Uh, so, I just thought, okay, I only saw it once at the movies, by the way, which is fucking wild. Um, I just thought that the story of Newt Scamander, um, who's your main character, felt a bit too separated from the story of uh, everyone else. Like, in that first one, Newt's commander loses all these, like, magical creatures and he's got to go find them. But, but, like, in the background, like, sort of, like, the B plot or, like, the, the real sort of antagonist plot, Colin Farrell and the other characters are kind of, like, doing this thing where they have to hunt down this, like, this, this person. Sorry, did you say Will um, Farrell? Colin Farrell. Oh, I was going to say, what did the I, say Will? I think so. Uh, I don't know. But I was like, What? <laughs> Alphas in this movie, Step Brothers, Step Wizards. I would so watch a movie called Step Wizards. No, no, no. It was Colin Farrell. Um, so uh, you don't care about spoilers, so I can tell you. So, in at the end of that movie, there was an awesome, awesome twist. Um, just okay. It's funny because I gotta, I gotta, I gotta preempt you a little bit. So, in the seventh book of Harry Potter, we learned that Dumbledore, when he was a kid. Um, had this kind of relationship with this with this younger wizard. Um, he, like, was gay or something, right? Yeah, I'm talking, like, real relationship. Okay. Um, but, it, like, it wasn't really specified in the book whether, like, they were having a romantic relationship or anything. But, like, it was more like friends. Um, his name was Gellert Grindelwald. Um, and basically he owned the Elder Wand, which is one of the, like, the, the Deathly Hallows. It's basically a, a wand that can't, you know, can't lose sort of thing. Um, okay, it's the golden gun. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so it was in Fantastic Beast that first one. He's kind of like on the run. He's he's like uh, like everyone's looking for him. He's wanted. At the end of the movie, um, Colin Farrell gets arrested, and it turns out that he's Gellert Grindelwald in disguise, and the disguise falls apart, and it's Johnny Depp under. 
under under the skin. Wait, so Johnny Depp's only in like one shot the film? He's in literally like one shot. He gets arrested and hauled away at the first in the first right. one. So, and now and now he's like a main character in this film. Yeah, well, he was on. Uncre- I don't. I'm pretty sure he wasn't credited in the first one because when I first saw that, I was like, "What? Yeah, it's Johnny well, Depp." When I I heard like there's a some there was like somewhat of a backlash against him being cast, but that was after the second one was announced and like they released stuff. Like I yeah. heard no backlash or any or any of that shit. I, I had no idea he was in the first one until they. Actually, I didn't even know he was in the first one. I just knew he was in this new one. He was definitely in the first one. Um, but yeah, I, I just think I just think the, the the main story of like Newt's Commander was a bit too far separated from everything else that was going on, and I was just yeah, not not into it. I just realized um, you've just been talking about the first one, so <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll get onto it. I'll get on. So the way this one opens, um, like I said, Gellert Grindelwald was being kind of like. Um, he was arrested at the end of the first one. So this one opens with a jailbreak. Uh, basically him just kind of like breaking out. That sequence, the first 10 minutes of this movie is just jaw dropping. Like, yeah. it is amazing. Like, it's just this, this scene of like, it's nighttime, it's raining. Um, there's this like police guard. Like, it's, it's, it's fucking awesome, dude. Um, it's so well shot, so well done. Um, and, Johnny Depp in this movie, dude. A lot of people are ripping on him. I I loved him. Like he was, he delivered for me. A lot of people just uh, are like, oh, he's just doing the Johnny Depp thing. Well, I'm sorry, but that's what he does. Like that's him. Well, like what what Johnny Depp thing? Nowadays, people just say he's doing the same thing as um, Pirates of the Caribbean, but he's not drunk in this film. No, he's not drunk, but like he's he's doing like long speeches. You know, oh, like okay, he's doing. Yeah. You know, but but he's 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 actually menacing. Like I like him in this man. Like he's not he's no Voldemort. Like no one can be Voldemort. Like he's just mm. a Voldemort's awesome. But this guy's this guy's cool. I like him. Um, he's definitely watchable. Um, and just the fact that it's Johnny Depp. Like come on, man. Like just shut the fuck up. Like I don't know what you want. Um, but everyone seems to be ragging on this movie. I've I- heard so much shit talk about this film. Apparently, it's I've heard it's a mess. Plot-wise, I hear it's- I've heard it's, like, laughably bad. Even from, pe- like, people who are pretty big Harry Potter fans. I'm a pretty big Harry Potter fan, and I love this movie. Like, just straight up. I actually really love it. What's um, great about it? I'll tell you. So, it's not laughably, laughably bad. Maybe I need to see it again. Maybe, maybe I don't. I don't know. But it reminded me a lot of Star Wars. I'm in listening. The way, I'm in listening. The way, <laughs> in the way that- in the way that, like, when we watched Rogue One, there was all these, like, because it's a prequel, there's all these, like, references to things to come, and this is a prequel as well. Like, there's these references to things to come, like- Oh, dude, so see- you're saying it's, like, the prequel Star Wars films? Oh, no, not, not those prequel. Like, I'm, I'm not talking about that. Like, okay. this, this, is, this is a lot better than those, but, <laughs> like, just seeing, like- Drew Law as Albus Dumbledore and kind of like him having the mannerisms of Dumbledore, like being wise and, you know, giving this oh, advice. So like, like Easter eggs and shit. Yeah, Easter eggs, yeah. man. And like, dude, there's one sequence where like we go back to Hogwarts. Like the, there's this sweeping shot of like a mountain, like and like the music just flares up and it's that old school like the Harry Potter like score and it's just awesome, dude. Like and there are parts in this movie that will like, if you watch it, it'll make you think differently about parts of the original Harry Potter franchise. Because, like, there is a sequence in this where Dumbledore looks into the Mirror of Erised. So, basically, the Mirror, mirror of Erised, like, 
you look into it and it kind I'm of like this shows so hard for you by no, not knowing anything. I know, no, I'm trying to do <laughs> I'm it. And like, trust me, man. I've been, I've been, I've been uh, explaining Harry Potter to people for ages. So, okay. Um, the mirror of Erised kind of like shows you what you desire. So Erised is desire spelled backwards. Um, and it just pretty much shows <laughs> okay. you like what you, what you want. Um, and there's a sequence of like Dumbledore looking into it, and it's 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 Grindelwald. Like he wants Grindelwald. And it's okay. it's actually it's actually pretty heartbreaking because like um, the the plot is basically Grindel uh, Dumbledore enlists Newt Scamander to find and I think kill Grindelwald because like it, it gets unveiled throughout the story later that Dumbledore can't do it because I think he's in love with him. Right. Like it, it's actually it I I like it man it it kind of hit me in the feels a little maybe because I'm a book reader um but it, it also makes you think like. In the Philosopher's Stone of Harry Potter, the first one, Harry asks Dumbledore, what do you see, Professor? And, like, Dumbledore says, oh, I see a nice pair of socks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it kind of, you don't see those socks. Yeah. You just kind of, like, there, there's those Maybe things where you're, like. lying or something. You're right, exactly. I so get, like, it, that's what the new Star Wars films have done well, like, the way they've sort of played with lore and make you question things, like. Right. Uh, right. Last Jedi did that very well. People hate it for it. But, like, hmm. that's something I appreciated about it. Right. Um, dude, I love the monsters this time around, like the actual creatures, like, um, there was a little bit of that bullshit that was going on in the first one where it's like Newt's, uh, kind of escapades are a bit too separate from the main plot. Uh, but look, uh, I kind of overlooked it. Um, the CG is fantastic. Um, the, the other characters this time around, the supporting characters, uh, including this, uh, a queenie, her name is. Um, so she's uh, the partner of one of I forgot his name. Fuck, it's the chubby guy. Um, she's great. Um, and like at the end, uh, Grindelwald basically kind of like wants people to join his cause. And I wasn't expecting it, but Queenie like full on joins him. She's just like, yeah, uh, like they're not gonna be, they're not gonna let a a person with wizard's blood be with a, a, a person with non-wizard's blood so i'm just gonna go with him because this is not gonna work and it, it kind of hit me man like i was i was all about this movie like just i don't know i don't know what it is i don't know why why everyone's hating on it it's just it's just a good time like it was it was fun i i had fun um i escaped um at the end, dude, there's this massive massive twist ezra miller's in this movie uh by the way the flash oh yeah um, he was in the first one. He's this, uh, he's got this power called the Obscurus or Obscurial. Um, this, that was introduced in Fantastic Beasts. It was never in Harry Potter. Um, basically it's just this really, really powerful wizard. And in this one, um, so in that first one, he was a, he was adopted. So he was an orphan. Um, and basically this one kind of has him looking for his parents. And as the movie kind of goes on at the end, it's revealed that, he so Ezra he joins He's, he was his own parent the whole time. No, no, no. <laughs> he joins he joins Grindelwald and Grindelwald's like um Well, you are another Dumbledore and I want you to kill Dumbledore. He's his brother, basically. Like a long lost brother. Uh, and it's it's pretty cool, man. Like they, I just, the Empire Strike backed it. They did it, yeah. And I was just like, I am all about this. I haven't like walked out of a cinema like this in a while, just kind of like thinking and like being being kind of like amazed at like how well they're setting up like future movies and like setting up like the Harry Potter franchise as well. You know what um, this film sounds like to me? Well, everything you say about it 
sounds like everything we liked about Solo, which was another film, which is a prequel to a popular franchise that everyone else hated that we liked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I was just, I was, dude, I was just all about this movie. Like, I don't, like, the action sequences were great. They were just fun to watch. Dude, fucking Nagini is in this. So, Nagini, let me just quickly explain this for you as well. Okay, fanboy away. <laughs> okay, so Nagini, um, <sighs> right, just quickly. Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter 101. Go. Harry Potter. Um, to kill Voldemort, you- Okay, so Voldemort, when he was younger, he split his soul into seven pieces, or it might have been eight. I think it's seven. He split his soul, and all of the pieces of his soul need to be destroyed first before you can actually kill the guy. That's how you kill Voldemort. You with me? Uh, yeah, sounds very video gamey, but I yeah. dig it. Yeah, but um, basically, he's, he, put, he put his pieces, like, the pieces of his soul into, like, things. So, like- Things that are meaningful to him. Um, and basically, one of them was his pet snake named Nagini. And Fuck, you meet- so Harry Potter kills his pet. Yeah. What a dog. It- well, actually, Neville does. Neville fucking cuts was- it with a sword. Think- it's crazy. So, so they just went around just destroying and killing a bunch of things this guy liked. Well, yeah. Well, and they wouldn't fucking- even say his name. He's an evil person. It <laughs> sounds like Harry's the bad guy here, well- man. They're just, Voldemort they're just is being a like real Hitler, dick. They're so. being a real dick to to old mate Voldy, you know. I would have killed it, Hitler. It, it kind of sounds like too. a reverse Ready Player One. Like, <laughs> you know that movie's like you got to find like things that meant to him to unlock something good. It's like no, if you want to fuck this guy up and murder him, you just. But anyway, <laughs> we we meet Nagini. So it turns out Nagini wasn't always a snake. She was. It was a. It was a person. She was a. She was someone who was um, captured and uh, made to perform in a, a circus, like a freak. So that, so that was like a, a, a twist. Yeah, well, it's not really a twist. Like, they just kind of introduce you. Like, you, you see this woman and it's like, who is she? And like, the, one of the- uh, because like, again, she's at a circus, like a freak, like one of those freak shows. And like, the circus master is like talking to the audience and like, they're like, prepare for the amazing Nagini. And then you're like, oh, shit. And then I was like, shit, she's about to transform into a snake. And she does. She, like, um, configures herself into a snake. And it was, like, pretty awesome. So, in future movies, because there's five of these movies planned, she's going Fuck, to- five? Yeah, there's going to- Is there, gonna wait, sorry, ha- sorry, is there a reason why it's five? Because usually it's, like, know. a trilogy or it's- a- I don't know. It's J.K. Rowling. Um, she's writing these movies, by the way. Oh, is she? Yeah. Um, So, something's going to happen to Nagini where she can't transform back, which is pretty cool. Like, I'm really excited to see that. Like, just kind of knowing where it goes is pretty cool. Um, But yeah, man, I I love this movie. Um, I actually, I'm going to say love and not like. Like, this movie was dripping sauce for me. I loved it. Uh, Eddie Redmayne, man, is just, just, he continues to be fantastic, dude. Like, not, pardon the pun. Um. The, the the same guy that everyone gave shit for um, in Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, right. And he's just so awkward and, like, just likable. Um, he's just really, really great to watch, man. Um, he's he's definitely- I think he's the MVP for this movie. Uh, I would say Johnny Depp, but he's, he's not in it enough. Like, he does get good screen time, but he's not in it enough. Um, I give this movie an eight and a half. Like, it's- I'm going high. Like, Damn! Yeah, this is- I was really, really happy with this movie, and I'm really keen to see where they go with the with the future installments. It sounds cool. Can I also mm. um, make a slight confession? While while mm-hmm. you've been talking, I've been uh, photoshopping a um, Step Wizards poster of you and me. 
and uh, we'll post that in the after party. <laughs> lovely, <laughs> it's lovely. my it's my new it's my new pitch for a film. Uh, awesome. I think it's got legs. I'm also thinking five movies. <laughs> that's 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 ambitious. Yeah. Well, I know Step Brothers only had one, but I think we can do better than one of the most classic, amazing well, film, I mean, those comedy two, films of all those time. Two have been, those two have been in plenty of movies. Like, they got Holmes and Watson coming out. they got Talladega Nights. Like, you know. Yeah, but what I'm saying is you and me are more successful and talented than, oh, uh, sure. than those two, which, which everyone else, uh, I'm sure, will definitely agree. Um, I, can't yeah, I, mean, even, like, boat, I can't say the straight and, face. I mean, like, boats and hose. Like, what the fuck is that bullshit? I know, right? It's I, not love, the- I love it. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> I love it. Um, anyways, I think that- um, Oh, that's me screenshotting a photo of my face to put on Step Wizards. Um, let's wrap this bad boy up. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to remember now. You said eight and a half for yeah, Crimes of Grindelwald. And what would you have for Girl uh, Spiders? Six, or I think it's six and a half. But six? Mm. Uh, you know what? Six. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm just- uh, I'm really looking forward to- We're getting close to the end of the year. And I can't wait to do our end of year wrap up for the second half of the year of our movies that are writing them. Um, Hell yeah. I'm trying to remember what was that episode we did where we just literally rapid fired every episode, every film we've seen this year. Uh, it was. That was a while back, right? It wasn't that long ago, I feel, though. It was in the um, 20s. I'll tell you when it was. Hold on, fuck me. Right, well, while you do, well, while you look for that, I'll remind everybody that if you want to find us on the social webs, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's Midnight Double Feature. You know it. You love it. You find it. Um, also, you can, um, if you want to be our best friend and want to chat with us and hang out and see all the memes and stuff we post and even post suggestions of what you want to hear in these episodes, um, totally find the After Party Facebook uh, community group. Where we hang out and have fun. Um, the next feature presentation episode will be The Hangover, which will be fucking lit, um, which is great. So, have you found that episode? Yes, 21st of August. What, what number? Oh, no, episode number 32. Guys, that was a great one. If you want to hear, like, literally, like, half the films that came out this year and our thoughts on them in under a minute each- Episode 32, man. That's a good one. That's a good one right there. Anyways, that's it for us tonight. Um, Yeah. Peace. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) 